Hey guys, on this week's episode of Untucked, we are going to talk about taking advice from people who may not practice what they preach. We are going to discuss the uptick in Christmas decorating. And then uh, finally, we talk about an article that was written with what we think was maybe too um, optimistic or, or too much of a silver linings look back on 2020. Um, our top five is a fun one. We um, we each come up with uh, five songs that have a body part in the title. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 42 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. Hey, this is Jeff. Um, you know what drives me crazy is when people say like, oh my God, like my allergies are so much worse this year than they were. Like, do you ever hear people say that? It's like every year they say the same thing. Well, it turns out that allergy season is getting longer and more intense each year. Yeah, so in uh, 2019, the Lacent Planetary Health like published a study that, unfortunately, as a result of climate change, scientists have found that pollen counts across the northern hemisphere have increased over the last 20 years, and that the allergy season, the pollen season, is like 0.9 days longer each year. So it's actually getting worse and longer every year. Can't Do you refute- think we've lost our listener already? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can't all be good fun facts, Mike. We know that much. <laughs> so you guys obviously are not allergy sufferers, so you can't relate. I'm not, no. Yeah. I think I kind of have like a little, but isn't it true that they there's like a seven-year cycle? Maybe this is the next fun fact we should check into. Um, he goes one-upping me with like fun fact. Every, He's going to make up, by the every way. Every seven years, you sort of like are no longer allergic to something that, that you were for a while. I think that's true. You know As an allergy sufferer, I would say that's absolutely false. Okay. Have you been an allergy sufferer your whole life? No. I actually noticed it when I moved out to Chester County. Hmm. Huh. That's when I lost my sense of smell and taste. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds a little like COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had COVID. 20 years ago. years ago. Yeah. Okay. That would have been more fun that you lost your sense. No one gives a shit about me. I don't think anyone gives a shit about the point nine. It's a day longer every year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I hope you both get allergies. <laughs> um, I'm allergic to the birds. <laughs> oh, Great God, segue. Um, who did they... They lost to the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And the score was 23 to 17, but the Eagles scored like a Hail Mary touchdown late in the game. And it went for two, which they converted, which if you took the birds from a betting standpoint, that then you won your bet. They covered. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. I didn't watch. So we like do, I watched like the first theme. three quarters and I turned it off. Yeah, we do a Philly sports segment. I would assume, Meg. As the person who runs the pod for this firm, you might watch the only Philly sport that's on now. It, it requires like one day a week of your time. I don't have that to invest in this team. <laughs> and you watch enough and listen to enough for the three of us. What so, was the uh, – sorry to make uh, – what was the, um, the mood on 94.1? The I'm mood. sure you listened. Yeah, it's kind of all week. It's kind of been all over the place. Um, there's You're either like a Carson hater or you're a establishment hater. So one of the, I don't know, one of the color analysts on the, on the broadcast was asked about Wentz, you know, because he's, you know, like, hey, he's, he looks awful. He's whatever. And I thought he made a pretty good point. It's like it's, it's impossible to evaluate Wentz, he has 
you know, any quarterback needs good play calling. They need an offensive line that does the job, and they need receivers that can run routes and catch balls. And like none of those three things are there. And running backs. Yeah, and and so I think he made a good point, which is like he looks awful. He's turning balls over and all the stuff. He's making bad decisions and all. But you, how can you tell? You how can't. can you tell if Wentz is good or bad right now because of everything that else that you need is not there? You can't, and I agree with that statement because I, I watched it as well, and I heard him say the same thing, and I agreed 100%. I mean, does he make mistakes? Of course, but every quarterback makes mistakes. No quarterback is perfect. So, yeah, when you think about what's going on right now from a play calling, the the receivers, during the game, they actually highlighted, the announcer said, these receivers are not getting separation. And I very rarely, you can't really see that when you watch a game because I'm focused on the line and the quarterback and where he throws the ball. But they showed you, like, the receivers were so covered, all of them, every play. And then he would throw a ball in the end zone kind of up for grabs for someone. And I forget who it was, Rager. Like, he didn't even make a play. Like, he couldn't. He doesn't know how to get his body in position when there's a defender kind of near him to give himself an opportunity to catch the ball. Whereas, like, if that's Kelsey for um, the Chiefs, if that's Randy Moss, if that's Calvin Johnson, if that's any good receiver. Now, I know I just named a couple like all-stars. But Adam Thielen, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, Julian Edelman, cool. any like above-average receiver, they're going to find a way to catch that ball and come down with it or at least have a shot. These guys don't. Although, did you see the Baldinger tweet? Do you, do you ever see those? He, he breaks down the film of a play. He was losing oh, his no, mind. I didn't. He <laughs> I showed love this one play where Wentz ended up taking a shot downfield into coverage. It was obviously an incomplete pass easily. And he was highlighting the, the way that the, the Seahawks were lining up at the line of scrimmage, and they, were, they literally screwed up, and they left two receivers literally uncovered. for And the entire play unfolds, and Wentz and these guys are like... Throw me the ball. Jumping oh, and around. Wentz just didn't see Wentz him. just didn't even look once. And it's not like he... I mean, he, he didn't see what was there and Baldinger was just like this guy like what's he doing he was definitely like throwing Wentz under the bus you know what he's so. doing he's anticipating he's going to have about 0.2 seconds to throw the ball like I think that has to do with his confidence as well like he's lining up behind center and he's like I better get rid of this shit pretty quickly and I don't think he feels comfortable enough to just sit back there and yeah. go through all of his prog progressions because he knows he's going to get his head ripped off so I think that's a part of it too that we can't you can't you can't tell you don't you can't see yeah. when it was the third or fourth quarter. There's four minutes left in the game. They're driving. I forget he was maybe throwing the ball to Goddard. Goddard hesitates and then goes inside, and Wentz throws it outside, intercepted in the end zone. I was like, click, I'm done. Because that's I look at that and I go, now was that Goddard making the wrong decision? Was that went like are they just not on the same page because they don't play much together? It's it, dude. I, I I'm I'm against the establishment. That's where I stand. I think I, top down. Yeah, top down. Like yeah. let's just blow it up. Obviously, you keep Wentz, you keep Miles Sanders, you keep Boston Scott, you keep I don't know. I guess one of the receivers that maybe Fulgham that looks like they may be a player. You can get rid of everyone else. You have to. They 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 stink. But isn't this like similar to what the Sixers were experiencing? Like making those personnel changes but having a front office in Howie who just doesn't have maybe vision or the the ability to like make good decisions any longer isn't it like putting a band-aid on on a bigger problem no i'm saying blow it up top down dude blow it up sell the team get rid of howie <laughs> like we need a new owner move, move the franchise to like <laughs> <laughs> the camden the camden <laughs> eagles like no we need a new owner we need a new gm we need a, like yeah, blow it up, man, because you're you're into Carson. He's your starting quarterback for the next five years. He's not even into his extension yet, which is a four-year extension that starts next year. Yeah, it's a hefty. But he's not a – dude, stuff. we saw in 2017, We like then he got injured, and then it took him a year to get back, and we saw at the end of last year. The guy can play football. David yeah, Carr like, – Sorry. David Carr did the same thing. He came out. When he came in the league, he was, he was unbelievable. Then he got hurt, and he sucked, and now he's playing for – the Raiders, and he's having a decent year. Like, it's possible for Carson Wentz to become a better player than he was. 
possible, sure. But, like, is it also possible that he's just regressing and that he's never going to be 2017 wins? When I would argue, then, what is the alternative? No, and I, I, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> like, at what point do you decide to take, take a chance on – like, why hasn't that decision, at least this year, been made? Like, why hasn't Wentz gotten benched and Hurts gotten legitimate reps? And I'm most – I don't really give a shit. I think Carson's probably our guy. But I'm just curious. Like, things aren't going well. Carson's not playing well. The team's obviously not responding to their quarterback getting shit on physically and then in the media for, you know, the entire week. Like, why wouldn't you just have Hurts play an entire game? I think the result will – first of all, that'll, that'll – that, that sends a message to Carson. And I think the result's going to be worse. And they're in a division where they actually still could win it. So they don't want to throw the season away. Well, I'm not defending those decisions. I'm just saying, I guess the decision I will defend is like, you can't do, Carson already let, led them to the Super Bowl, basically, and then had another, his backup win it, which is not good for your ego. And then they drafted a quarterback in like the first or second round, which is was a stupid decision if you're not going to use the guy. Well, I think... Well, but you got to be, you know, every time the ball is snapped, there's a risk that your quarterback's season is over with an injury. You yeah. Can't, you can't not have a viable backup, right? Sure. No, I, and I'm with you. I, I guess I just don't, like, the way that the season's going, the way that Carson is playing, how do we even know Hertz is a viable quarterback or a viable backup? We haven't given him a shot. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, we could do it out of necessity because Carson blows out his knee, or we could, and I'm saying we, I don't give a shit, sorry. Um, or they could say, you know what, let's have him play a game. But I think just right, if, if I think you just said, they're literally a game out of, or a half game out of first place. So yeah. you can't bench him and say, okay, let's season's over. In a normal season, if if any of the other teams were, you know. Better. Yeah. Uh, nine and four or something, and yeah. instead of so yeah. it would be a different story. I think they'd be playing um, Jalen. But what I'm what I think is a shame is, you imagine the booze that we'd be hearing if COVID was not an issue in the, yeah. sta- and the stadium. Oof, there was would full. be riots. It would be great. Well, what's a shame is that stadium would have been rocking Monday night. They stopped the Seahawks on the two yard line at fourth True, and goal. Yeah, yeah. Eagles got the ball. Freaking three and out, which they did the first five possessions. But then on that next possession, the Seahawks got, they went for it again on fourth down at the, at the Eagles 37, and they stopped him again. It was the same guy, Jason Barrett, I think his name is. Like, that place would have been going ape shit, and yeah. we didn't have the advantage of that. Yeah. I wonder if any other team ever, probably has happened, but probably not meant much. Any team has ever had a first and five and gone three and out. <laughs> like, that was their first series. Yeah. First and five because of offsides, and they go. Three incompletes and a punt. That's crazy. I um, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the backup. With what everything Mike said, I don't think you could put it all on Wentz. So to bench Wentz and say Jalen, because Wentz is playing so bad, we're going to put you in, and guess what? You're going to play really bad too because everything around you sucks. Yeah, I, and we're not going to be able to know if you're good or not. But I don't care if he's good or not. The reason, and I'm okay, I'm okay with them drafting him because Carson's injury prone. So I need a solid quarterback to come in and play three games if you get hurt, Carson. But that's me. If I'm if I'm the GM, if I'm the coach, that's what I'm telling Carson. Dude, that's why we drafted him. Because you get hurt sometimes, man. You're our quarterback. You're our quarterback in good and bad. Unless you get hurt, that guy will see playing time. And that's it. That's it. And Because he needs, I feel like he needs to know. And I'm sure that's, that's what they're telling me. Like, Dude, this is your team. We, we gave you a five-year extension, a four-year extension. Like, you're not going anywhere. It's your team. Um, so I think to put Jalen Hurts in, even if they're out of it, even if, unless they say, look, we're going to put him in because the Giants are 9-4 and four and we're 3-8, and eight, but that's just because we don't want you to get hurt, Carson. Okay. Other than that, no, I think he plays, man. Is there a point, though, when, and maybe it's not this season, but when Wentz's play does warrant? Like, are you just... For better or for worse, this is our guy. He can be the worst quarterback in the league. We have a guy who was a stud in college, 
at the number two spot and we're just not. And I'm I, like, is there a point? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if he has viable receivers to throw the ball to, yeah. if he has a viable offensive line, if he has a coach that's playing calls that, that, that play to his strengths and they run the ball more than three times a game so that, you know, some of the, the weight is off his shoulders and he's playing like dog shit, dude, have a seat. Yeah, but there's never going to be a case when all four of those things are happening. No, but if I mean, if if we have a if we have a decent makeup of a team and he's playing like crap, of course you bench him. Yeah, that's sending a signal saying, dude, you suck right now. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. But I just think to say he sucks right now, given everything else that's around him, just isn't fair. Okay. So. So that's it for Philly sports, eh? Yeah. Let's. Uh, do we want to make any predictions? Eagles Packers, Eagles on the division. They have a tough schedule and uh, like compared to any of the other. Yeah. I mean, it's not even – I don't think there's a shot in hell because they're playing really good teams. Okay, so they don't win a division no. by you. No. Yeah. I mean, they definitely lose this week too. <laughs> What's the line? Anybody know what the I line have no is? idea. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff's going all in on the birds, it sounds like. I'm like totally brainwashed. <laughs> I just yeah. – I, I only say that because the – the Giants and the Skins and the Cowboys are all just so bad, man. Mm-hmm. So are the I Eagles. know they are. I know they are. <laughs> all right. That's all we got on Philly. That's all we got on Philly. Yeah. Coach's Corner. Rich as I say, not as I do. Uh, Nick Majuli from Up Dollars and Data wrote this article that describes the financial services industry as being one of the more difficult industries to know whether the person dispensing the advice is practicing what they preach, unlike musicians or personal trainers, examples Nick used in the article. Being able to know if financial advisors following following their own advice is nearly impossible. Okay, I'll start. Um, who cares? Right? I mean, I know doctors who smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so... I don't think it's really all that critical that you should obsess about whether your financial advisor is literally doing every single thing right that they're telling you to do. They should, but if they're not, I mean, does it matter? All that matters is that the advice is sound and and reasonable and sensible. Who cares if you're a mess, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I sort of take it in in a way. What do you got, Jeff? That's an interesting take on it. I didn't look at it that way. It didn't even cross my mind to think. like The, the doctor analogy is interesting. Um, if my doctor was a physical mess and like an alcoholic and smoked two packs a day but was still giving me good health advice, yeah. I mean, I guess who really cares? I'd probably rather see a doctor that's pretty healthy because I would assume that the advice that I'm getting from that doctor is better. Like if there was a doctor that was like super healthy, I would assume that that advice would be more sound than my doctor who's kind of a, a physical train wreck. Even if it's the same advice, you're just yeah, assuming yeah, it's I would better. Ass- right? yeah, yeah. So if it comes from this, the same thing, but just coming from two physically different humans. But I would even say my bias would, my, my I would assume that the healthy doctor is going to have different advice and better advice. Because they actually practice that healthy lifestyle. So getting back to the financial advisor, I would be less inclined to listen to anything an advisor said who was driving a $130,000 car Mm -hmm. than someone who was demonstrating more, I don't know, practical or prudent decision making. And that's a general statement, obviously, because if you can afford it, you can afford it. But... I tend to think of advisors who try to show off and flaunt their wealth in that way as as assholes. You just don't like them as people. <laughs> yeah, and I think that they're probably shitty advisors because they're not I just think that I would I my bias would be to view them as just salespeople and not actual like yeah, good practitioners. But I would argue that's also just uh, the nature of this beast because there there is no way to know otherwise. Yeah. Like the only way that you know, financial advisors, maybe if they're trying to tout a particular level of knowledge, expertise or whatever, would be by owning things, right? Like we're not going to show our clients our balance sheets. 
we don't. <laughs> no, like, probably very. What, few, like, what but... if what if someone asked you, "Hey, let me see, like, how much?" Or money... somebody could say, "Listen, I, I mean, I think it wouldn't be unreasonable for a client or a prospect to say, hey, um, everything you're saying makes sense. Would you mind showing me your own investment accounts?'" And you can black out the numbers and mm-hmm. stuff like that, just to almost prove that you're doing what you're telling me to do, or you're you're eating your own. I would have no problem with that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And like, I would have no problem even with the numbers. Mm -hmm. Like if someone said to me, well, how come you only have $300,000 in your IRA? I'd say, well, how much money did you have in your IRA when you were 43? Like my 75 year old client who has a million five, like you probably didn't have 300 grand. I'm not saying that's a lot or a little. I'm just saying the number is the number and who who really cares? Uh, And I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Someone said, well, let me... Talk to me about what your financial plan looks like. No, no problem. I'm surprised we don't get that question more often. Yeah. I think we don't get it more often because the majority of our clients are so much older than us. I think with the New Wealth Project, like that's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. like uh, difference is that we're talking to people who are our contemporaries and you know people who are either going through or have been through or are approaching things that we've already experienced in a much like shorter or more recent time frame. So I mean I've I've engaged with my friends about their financial plans and I've been very candid about what I'm doing and not because I do it best or better or the right way but because I'm telling you how to do it and I'm doing it the same way. Yeah. Um so I think for for our financial coach clients like they just and this is maybe just me. They see us as younger. They certainly see me as younger. So I think to ask, like, how much is in your 401k or whatever, they'd be like, Maggie, you've been working for Yeah, I don't think it's about how much or right. little. It's just I don't think show so either. me what you're doing personally. Right. And I want to make sure that's consistent with what you're telling me to do. That's but it. then again, it's like I'm 43. So if I've decided – now, I understand advising a 75-year-old or 65-year-old client – Look, diversification is is probably key, and you should have some kind of allocation, blah, 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 blah. But if I decide to take my wealth and day trade it, who who cares? Why does that? I'm still providing sound advice to them. Yeah, I think that was Mike's point. Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. mean, it, uh, I'm kind of a, like, why should it matter? But then again, if they were, if I, I said, well, I'm a day trader, that's what I do with my money, and that I'm th- the same analogy would apply that I gave about the doctor, the healthy one, and and. I think people be like, well, I don't know. That doesn't really sound consistent. So I'll, I'd rather find an advisor that eats their own cooking. I, I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah I, that I'm, makes sense. It does. I'm just trying to think of like people, professions in my life where I care. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like where I care about what that person does personally. Like if I feel confident in their advice if i feel we have a trustworthy relationship like what you do outside of the hour i spend with you whatever like you're teach no it's it's if you're you're buying the infinity and the guy's like this is the best car on the market and he turns around and he hops in a freaking bmw you're like dude wait wait sure, you just ripped I... the bmw why why'd you sell me the infinity i'm talking more about trusted advisors trusted people <laughs> not necessarily the car salesman <laughs> right i'm talking about my doctor if there was a i don't know a lawyer i'm trying to think like a accountant people yeah an accountant maybe um like would you care if they did your taxes every year for a reasonable fee, but they were underwater themselves personally. Sorry. No. Yeah, not really. I don't, I, <laughs> what what He mentioned something in the article. I'm not sure if you guys took it the same way I did. I don't even know if these people do it this way. But what bothers me is when I hear like Kitsis or Brown talking about passive, and then they also have an offering in their firm that's active. Or they, they, they talk passive investing and indexes, and then they have an offering in their firm that's active market timing because they know they're just going to pull people that are looking for that shit. That's what bothers me. Yeah, but and I think, I mean, Nick, who works for Ritholtz, and I'm not like sticking up for them, but he identified that as marketing, like as a marketing strategy, not yeah. advice forward. And I think it's it's probably more difficult for people, common like consumers to know that difference because we see it very clearly. 
Um, well, but, it's interesting that the timing's interesting. This too, because Brown just dropped just a book, book yeah. called "How I Invest My Money," and he's promoting <laughs> the shit out of it as usual. And obviously, he's trying to capitalize on what we're talking about, which is like, ah, be interesting. Don't you think a lot of our clients and prospects would really want to know like how I invest my money? Because I get on CNBC and I talk about stocks, and uh, you know, I try to come off as this really like smart guru, and that's pure marketing, right? right. He's not doing right. it to like help anyone. He's doing it to try to get new clients and mm-hmm. make money selling a book. So, I mean. That bothers me. Yeah, I, that, I that, that bothers me. It's like, I'm not going to go on C, if I was on CNBC and they were like, Jeff, what do you think about, uh, you know, Pfizer stock? I'd be like, uh, we don't do that in my firm. <laughs> we don't speculate on stocks. You wouldn't be on like, CNBC um, I'm spending my time trying to get a PS5, not <laughs> analyzing Pfizer stock. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just that's and that that's what bothers me. It's like you sure. you built a firm based upon one set of rules, but you're marketing it a different way. That's sleazy is a bad term, but I can't think of a better one right now. And I'd, I'd feel bad if 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 they were listening to this and and they heard me call them sleazy because that's that's not the right term. You know, we it's interesting now. It's getting into a little bit of a different subject, but you know successful investing is freaking boring yeah and yeah and and it's sometimes hard to sell that and we 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 see we know it and you can see how adding some sort of you know marketing oriented active sizzle i hate that term but like (laughs) that's what it is and the temptation to add that to your to your sort of repertoire is is certainly there but um it can be hard to sell boring you know, it is hard to sell boring, but and we've boring ta- is what works. But we've talked for years about, hey, should we add that <laughs> sizzle? And every time we start talking about it, we go, no, it's that's too antithetical. It's to not us. Yeah. But I also think we have to be okay with not everybody wanting to hire us. Like yeah. we're not everybody's solution, and that's where this, like the David Ramseys, the mm-hmm. you know Susie Ormans of the world, like that works for some people, and. You know what? If they're if if their financial plan in their minds allows them to do what they want to do, okay. You know, the people who are going to gravitate towards us are going to be okay with the planning focus, boring investment philosophy that yields results that allow them to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, what Ritholtz does in Josh Brown has become a personality. Like of course they're going to leverage his quote unquote, I don't want to say fame, but his platform, mm-hmm. you know, to, to bring in more clients. Like if one of us was that, we'd be silly not to. And I would hope that we would do it in a in a more genuine way. But like that guy has exploded in terms of a personality. And I mean, they'd be silly not to like ride that to whatever it ends up being. Do you think Josh Brown has a bobblehead of himself on his desk? Probably. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think we do that, Meg. I honestly don't. I think it's 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 too anti what we believe in. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that we're marketing the opposite of what we do. But I don't I, think we would do it. I don't think they're marketing the opposite of what they do. They're marketing something different than what they do. To bring people through the door. Okay. I'm against it, just to my core. Yeah, I hear you. It's 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 a little gray though, because you know, he'll say, Brown will say, listen, you know, I, I follow individual stocks and talk about individual businesses and companies and stocks because it's part of my job to know what's going on and yeah. to be able to articulate a, a view on stuff. And, but it's a slippery slope because then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you're recommending a company or, or, right. you know, or something. Right. And that's just a little bit, oh, it's just not what we do, but, um, Although I will say that, and it's it, it does have a place in certain people. Like if you want to take a little bit of your, you know, not not life changing amount, and you know, pick stuff, fine with that, and that's okay. Um, we just don't help anybody do that. Yeah. Right now, maybe twenty twenty one. New offering. Yeah. Anyway. You mentioned that today. Yeah, I was going to go there. I didn't know if you wanted to go there. Or not. We had a call with a client who wanted to invest in a telemed company and 
goes through this like list of reasons why she believes it's a, a sound investment and I mean it's a nominal nominal amount relative to what they have so we really didn't care about the justification because we were more concerned with how much and it was a number we were comfortable with but Jeff said you know that, like because she was asking about is it a good company can you give us advice on the actual stock and do you analyze companies? Right. We're like, no. No, we don't spend any time doing that. And may, and I said to her, like, yeah. that might be a flaw in our business. Like, we just don't do that here. You can probably find companies that do that and will give you good analysis. But in the end, that analysis is based on historical data. And it does not predict the future. And, and personally, I used to do that. Like, I know how to do it. Right. Um, I also think I recognize that it's incredibly difficult to do it successfully, consistently over time compared to the boring alternative. Especially when the the main purpose of our job is to plan, yeah. right? Is to like do everything, make sure everything outside of the portfolio is right and correct and in line with what the client wants. So to spend the time away, to take us away from those planning focused elements and put them on stock like analysis, I'm out. Like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. <laughs> well, no one intelligent with no one, if the goal is to make sure you don't run out of money, no reasonable advisor would employ a strategy that involved picking a company that is going to create wealth to make sure you don't run out of money. There's too much risk involved. Like to me to say, Meg, if you don't want to run out of money, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to find 10 companies to invest your wealth today that's going to get to a level where you don't have to worry. Like you just, you're going to be wrong. Like you just said, like there's, there's too many variables for you to make that sure. um, a viable strategy. We know that, but do consumers know that when we're constantly you know, they're bombarded by like what the Dow is doing right. today. The Dow's 30 companies. If I invest in the NASDAQ, <laughs> how much, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's hard. And I guess it gets back to the whole thing where we even started here. That's marketing and it's not financial planning advice. And, you know, if we were subscribing to that idea or, or system or philosophy, our clients would be worse off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have um, someone that I know well that I'm related to in the business, and he does this. He, he literally just buys Apple, Google, Amazon, and Netflix, and that's every client's portfolio. And by the way, they're, they've killed it, killed it recently. Yeah. Yeah. But there will be a period of time where they will fire him because of the amount of money that's going to be lost when that concentrated bet goes the other way. And I'm not predicting it. But it's inevitable because if you concentrate and you pick four stocks and you just load it up, it's like what happened to a lot of people in 99, 2000 when it was just internet stocks in, in the client portfolios and it's down 70% and then you're done. Yeah. Well, that was another part of the conversation we had today. The client mentioned Amazon and how we should have bought Amazon in March because it was at trading at whatever and now it's at What'd she say, like a thousand and three thousand or something? It's at seventeen hundred now, it's over three thousand. And first we were like, okay, well, first you have the benefit of hindsight. Like it's mm -hmm. always so easy. And then it, the world was in turmoil. Right. March through April through through May. Like, do you think we were gonna convince people to to like to buy something that was so that is like not a part of the plan that we've put in place? I mean, it just you have to remember the moment at which people say, oh, that would have been a good time to do it. What were you doing on that day? Like, how did you feel? Did, were you really going to put more money into a market that was off 30%? A market, yes, maybe. Yeah. An individual company, yeah, probably yeah. not. I would argue for some of our retired clients, a market, no. Like, we wouldn't have. Yeah. How many of them would have been like, yeah, I want to put more in? Yeah. We wanted to keep people just in. <laughs> yeah. That was a good point you made. Okay. Good stuff. Moving on Leaving to Christmas. Leaving the corner. Leaving the corner. <laughs> Moving on to Christmas decorations. Decking the halls for pandemic Christmas. Uh, Jolie Kerr wrote this article on Vox. 
Jolie's article discusses what surely seems like an uptick in Christmas decorating this year. Maybe it's because 2020 and we need more cheer. Maybe it's because we were home anyway. But for whatever reason, people are going all out. I've actually gone the other way. Wow, really? Really? Yeah. Um, I think inside we're, we're, we're fairly fully decorated. Um, I usually have my lights outside up a week or two before Thanksgiving. And I think it was a busy hockey season. So yeah. on the weekends where it was a, a viable option, and I probably could have squeezed it in, but like when I thought about it, I was like, I just don't feel like freaking doing the lights outside. And then when I attempted to motivate myself and do it, all the strands I plugged in like didn't work. And then when I gathered the ones that did work and took them outside, I plugged them into an outlet that wasn't working. Oh, yeah. So I, I like threw in the towel. Three. Yeah. And now I'm waiting for that nice warm day. And it's supposed yeah. to rain all weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So I've been, you know, I've been decorating the same house for 20 years, and we have a, a you know two story family room. So we've gotten a huge tree every year. And I got to tell you, this year I'm more and more grumpy about doing anything. I'm doing it, but I'm having more. I'm getting more frustrated, like quicker. Same thing. Lights out. Lets out. I got an electrician coming out today to fix box, you know, I oh, no. um, and coupled with the fact that per the article, the price of all this shit this year is mm. insane. There's gouging. gouging. Yeah. I got, I got screwed <laughs> um, on, on, on the tree this year in terms of what I had to pay for it. So um, you remember what they charged you the previous year for a tree in the range? Yeah. yeah. It was like double this year. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, trying to buy some lights. I'm on Amazon, and they're like $18 for a string of like 50 lights, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's crazy. So, you guys are maybe the exception. Because <laughs> yeah. it certainly feels, because I don't do a ton of decorating myself. So, I don't, and not this year, not any year, but it feels like just driving around that it was here earlier and it was bigger. or is bigger. Stepped up. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt. And okay, so for whatever reason, if I had made it more of a priority, because we had about three or four weekends in a row where the weather was perfect. It was like yeah. high 50s, low 60s. So it was the perfect decorating weather. And it just happened to coincide with my laziest like weekends. <laughs> um, right. So, but I think, yeah, I mean, if I was on my game, this would have been a great year to just do more, put more up, have it up earlier. And I just, I mean, I just didn't. But my neighborhood, absolutely. It's happened bigger. earlier, bigger, better. Um, I'll probably show up late to the game. I'll get extra gouged because it'll be more expensive by the time I try to buy more lights, which inevitably I do every year because none of my lights from the previous year <laughs> work. Yeah. There was this thing on Instagram. I forget who I saw it from. It was maybe like Chrissy Teigen or someone that I follow. But she... it. She texted her husband. Is that John Legend? John Legend, yeah. These um, sh already strung lights on like a piece of garland, which looked like, and I'm not a crafty person, looked like something I could put together from Pottery Barn for, barn for like 115 bucks for like one, call it a foot long piece and you buy multiple. So she texted him and said something like, what do you think? I'm going to buy like five or six of these for the living room. And he was like, do not. I will make them for you. Right. <laughs> and then, like, I guess he, she got a bunch of her girlfriends to text her their husbands the same thing. And all of their husbands were like, and they're all very wealthy people who could afford whatever. They're all like, do not yeah. <laughs> buy the $800 worth of garland and lights. <laughs> I haven't even been into a store like a depot. Do they have stock of stuff or no? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, I haven't been either. Just went to a Christmas tree farm. Um, got our, again, with a bad attitude and then had the tree cut and, or actually it was already cut. Huge freaking tree loaded on top of the car. And then the dudes are like, okay, here's your twine. I'm like, no, no, no. I just paid you a lot of money for this tree. You're tying it down, bro. I'll tip you. You know, I'm, I'm confused at why you are so grumpy about the higher price. Now, like I know that the, the Christmas tree salesmen are not 
struggling because of COVID, right? It's a, it's a, it's a seasonal business. It's outdoor. People are still going and getting their trees, but their real jobs may have been impacted just like waiters and waitresses. So if I go out to eat and it's an extra, it's double the price, I'm still like, okay, well, you know, it's been tough this year for everyone. So I don't have a So problem. nurse, look, nurseries, I'm going to guess have, have been, have done better this year. Thriving. Just because of out projects, home, pro- I mean, that's what they are. And then and they're outside. They don't have, I don't, I can't imagine a nursery has had a, this is probably their best year ever. I don't think so because there's no stock. There's no inventory. Now we're talking about stock. There isn't. I'm telling you, like I, I needed to get some landscaping done and it, it, it couldn't happen because I can't get the trees that I needed planted. Oh, I think it didn't happen because they're booked. Like they are booked with jobs and you're at the end of the line. Boxwood Highlanders do not <laughs> oh exist. You can't get them anywhere. Just like... I can't talk horticulture. I'm not. A, I'm, not a guy. I'm not that guy. What 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 article are we talking about? Christmas yeah. decorations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do think there's probably though. While we're talking about the people who are extra, there's also a lot of people who are like uh, over it. I don't right? want to like, even do it this year. Yeah, like I have no energy. I I I'm just not feeling in the spirit because there's just been so many other things going on. Which is maybe a good segue into our next article if we're done with yeah, the let's do it. Decorations. Let's do it real quick. Like I'm, I'm like borderline. <laughs> I've only been in, in my house eight years, maybe nine in February. I love the decoration outside. I love the lights and all that stuff. I'm getting really close to be like I think I'd rather hire someone else to do it, which in my mind is like an absolute violation, but. The, the the aggravation of lights not working, the aggravation of having to do it and it's cold. Like, I don't know, man. I think I might be like ready to just like what's it cost to have someone hang lights at your house? I don't know, but can't be too much. I mean, you gotta so I have a sixteen year old son who has done very little to help. <laughs> and I think that's gotta change. <laughs> and then you're Jeff, you have two I mean, they're not that old, but they can start to pitch yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Sorry. All right. So Going let's from segue. your son, that may lead us into our next uh, article. The best things about the worst year ever. Oh, finagle. finagle yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Daniel Riley wrote this for GQ. 2020 sucks, right? Not totally. At least according to Daniel. His article looks at 2020 through a different lens that most of us, or then most of us have been. While most people are wishing for the year to year to end, he takes a more hopeful approach by offering 18 ideas that he believes may change our future. Overly, um, I don't know if optimistic is the right word because he's looking back. But like I, I felt like while I agreed with a lot of the things he said, it was a little bit too rose-colored for me. So I generally agree, I agreed with very few of the things he said. And I agree with you, Meg, though, rose colored for sure. And like very like, you know, oh, this has changed forever for the good. And I I don't think a lot of that's true. (laughs) I do have a question about his second sentence is like he's talking about. We were it was mid-May and my pregnant wife and I were walking down the street and a dude and a man without a mask coughed deliberately at her belly. Wait, what? What What does that even mean? I think he's trying to set the stage for how brutal it was. So the, somebody like coughed at her pregnant yes. belly. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's how I imagine. Okay, Daniel, whatever. Um, so you like murdered that guy, right? <laughs> Does Daniel look like he's murdering him? No, son? no, no. Oh no, Daniel for GQ. Sorry. No. Yeah, I Sorry. thought it was very. You know, so we're Daniel- gonna fix the planet. Climate change is figured out now. Like. I mean, come on, dude. And then the at the emergence of athletes that we didn't. He he mentioned Bryson DeChambeau, the golfer. He mentioned who, Patrick Mahomes, who literally just shit the bed in the Masters. And and yeah, Patrick Mahomes, like we didn't know that he was like the best quarterback in the league before this. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I think we're gonna yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, the athlete one, I thought, all right, Daniel, maybe this is not your lane. And, like, maybe instead of making this 18, just go, like, 15 and keep the He's going to make it, like, three. Out of it. Well, what three? I, f- I felt like the um, companies went out of business 
Yeah, of course. Companies go out of business every year. So maybe some of the weak ones died off, but also that other companies kind of reinvented their businesses. Um, how much better is delivery? How much better is, is curbside pickup? Like having those options now, I think could be game changers for, for restaurants moving forward. I thought that was definitely one. I thought of restaurants specifically having to change their offering almost like instantaneously to stay in business. But then what can that create for that restaurant? Like can, can your local restaurant, when we get back to the new normal, have a full in-service, in, in-person restaurant, but then they're going to have a whole nother offering that's curbside that's just rocking as well, which could be very profitable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole racism thing, like like having that spotlighted in 2020 is was huge. And, and I think hopefully opened up a ton of eyes that uh, that were, were pretty closed before. So that was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the third, Meg, since you pinned me down on three? Sorry. Um, you just said three. So. So one of his ones was, we admitted that college is kind of broken. And it, again, sounds like he's pronouncing that we're, we fixed the college problem. Not even close. No, but I thought that was another one. I was like, yep, college is broken. And people are now realizing it. Like, that you don't have to go in person to the actual facility. There's yeah. ways to do it virtually, and maybe it doesn't cost the seventy thousand dollars really, yeah. a year. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. But I, I totally, I completely agree with that. But until the price changes to reflect whatever becomes that new version of school, then nothing's changed. Right. But I think, you, sorry. No, and I, I know and you're right. Like that's hopefully where we get, but that's not where we are right now. And hopefully, as a result of this, that's. That's how I interpreted what he was saying. Not like, yup, it's fixed, it's done. But no, what's going to come out of this is maybe a different offering that isn't as expensive. And I I agree with the college one specifically, but I think generally when you take that approach to all of these things that are just so big, that the, the idea that like, a couple months in one particular year is going to flip the entire script is just naive. Yeah. Like we know that things don't happen that way. It's too pie in the sky for me. Yeah. And I, and another one that he says is universal basic income just got a lot more practical. And he makes the case that how, look how great it was. People got $1,200 checks. They loved it. And it did not make them, I'm quoting here, it did not make them instantaneously lazy. It did not transform their personalities. Not make, like, He's literally saying, like, look, we just proved that UBI, universal basic income, should be, like, a thing now. What? I I mean, now I don't want to get, like, into a debate about whether, you know, we're we Bernie Sanders <laughs> or not. But no, not at all. Like, I don't think there's, like, that's not even close to making the case that that's what should be the norm for, for people is just get a check every month for, for doing nothing. Sure. Completely anyway. agree. I do think, though, that and then the work from home, like the the idea that people can be productive from home, right? Because I think one of the beefs or the biggest critiques about universal, universal basic income, oh my God, UBI, as you just said, is that it like de-incentivizes people to work. And I think there was some sort of stigma around working from home that also kind of was oh, people don't work as hard or they're not as productive from their house. And I think we've learned that in that particular instance, the cases where people just had to no longer go to an office, we found that they were productive and they were doing yeah. you know, what they were supposed to do. So you know, I think there's that, but we've been talking about that since March, right? Like yeah. how effective and efficient people can be from their house. Um, I mean, the whole article, he's trying to, write an optimistic article about a year sure. that sucked and I get it and it's fine. Um, Did the year suck for everyone though? <laughs> well, I guess not everyone. <laughs> no, but I think when you're reading through this, at least I did, like there's there's an element of, and I know this word is probably a triggering word for a lot of people, but there's an element of privilege that exists in reading this and recognizing that like I didn't experience personally a lot of what he's trying to spin as positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that's for me like 2020 was not 
the the worst year but that's just because I again I didn't have to deal with a lot of the things personally or professionally that other people did you didn't and lose your job you weren't furloughed like, I didn't get sick yeah. my family didn't get sick I didn't lose anyone to COVID like some of the real big heavy shit just did not impact me directly and that's I think and I have to believe that aside from his wife's belly getting coughed on like Daniel probably had a similar experience because I don't yeah. think people who went through the the some of the really really dire circumstances that others did would be able to come away with an article like this. Yeah, I think it will be more impactful for someone who did have to go through some struggle mm -hmm. this year to read this article three, four, five years from now and say, yeah. yeah, you know what, a lot of shit did actually come out of that 2020 that was actually pretty good. Now my experience wasn't great in 2020, but you know, college has changed. Uh, the the way uh, businesses do business changed. Uh, so I mean, but it, as for like right now, no, most people aren't reading this article going, yeah, absolutely. What a great year. It's not happening. Yeah. Like I think Daniel will hopefully be looked back upon more fondly in like five years. We're like, wow. <laughs> and we are right now. Yeah. Right, right now. It's yeah. too soon, Daniel. Like, and then exactly. one last thing, like again, another one he says is like, we've, it proclaims, like we've realized uh, what it takes to fix the planet. And he's talking about, you know, no, you know, the flights and cars and, you know, the air is cleared up. And now we know that we need to just power everything by wind, solar or other renewables. Like, no, again, that's not the answer. I mean, yeah, I, I get your point, but don't act like we've we've all figured out the way forward when it comes to energy. It's a complicated thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one we can probably all like truly agree on is the triumph of science and like, yeah, right. Like the idea that there was this novel virus that less than a year from, you know, I, maybe not less than a year. I don't know technically when it got here, but like, let's say less, less than a year from like the worst of it. You know, here we are talking about dispensing a vaccine. Yeah, like, it's crazy. That's cool. And political or not, right? Yeah. Fauci or not, like whatever. But to be able to to say that like the pharmaceutical companies, scientists, and, and the people who are to credit for that. Although I'll, I'll say like the, you say the triumph of science and it's kind of ironic because millions and millions of people didn't buy into any science. Still haven't year, and right. Still won't. Right. So. <laughs> but lucky for them, science exists yeah. and it's going to cure a pandemic that could possibly kill them. Well, it, yeah, but it's going to cure everybody else who takes it. That's that right. surrounds the, them. I saw somebody that was like uh, tweeted something like, if you want to get the next stimulus check, you have to get the vaccine. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. All yeah, right, we're good. All right. Top five songs with a body part in the title. How did everybody make out with theirs? I, I I think I have a decent list. I, I'm curious about our overlap. Um, I have plenty of. Um, you have plenty of backups. Of backups, so I'll. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have any overlap with you. Um, okay, I don't know what that means. Probably me. Uh, maybe I'm like not. the old guy. I <laughs> uh, just yeah, where our genres are a little different. <laughs> uh, but I I possibly could. Why don't Why don't you go first, Mike? Okay, I'm going to go first here and. Uh, I'm going to do a little, give it a second. <laughs> Any guesses? I don't know. I mean, they haven't said anything yet. Nine Inch Nails. No. Head like a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, you could probably edit the first 30 seconds, seconds of that I also think it's important to note for our listeners that the microphone was in your lap. <laughs> Trying to pull the audio from his laptop computer. <laughs> oh my god. Becky, look at her back. Yep. It is so yep. big. Mm -hmm. It was like one of my backups because I figured someone else would have it. This baby got back? It's baby got back. Sir mix a lot. Like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt. See, I think what's so good about sick. this one is that I can't back so 
is a different part of the body than the back that they refer to throughout yeah, the song. Yeah, which back are you going with? Like the booty or the actual back? Don't interrupt. <laughs> okay, number three. No one is going to have this one. This is Mickey? Nope. Kenny Loggins. Oh, this was in a... Um, um, It's a body part. Footloose. Footloose. Oh, it was Footloose. in Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the main song in Footloose. It's the name of the, the song. Movie. In the movie. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. Here's number two. Ooh, this is a good one. Wow. This is a surprise coming yeah. from him. Yep, mystical. Yeah, mystical maybe. That's a great one, Mike. That is a very good one. For number one. Hey, girl, I got something real important to give you. So oh, just sit down. God, what a great one! Oh my God, how did drop, we not drop the mic? <laughs> wow. Dude. Drop the mic. He should have went last. He should have went last. We'll have to like <laughs> flip it around. That's a Christmas song. <laughs> oh, this is so good, Mike. <laughs> I'm about to sign off on this. <laughs> Alright, that's my top five. Mine sucks. Oh, I don't even want to do mine now. <laughs> that was great, dude. All right, thanks for listening. I thought we were. I really <laughs> thought we were gonna have tons of overlap. No, there. dude, dick I in a box. What yeah, a great. it's just it's the trump card, man. Ugh, man, I suck now. Look mine suck. <laughs> uh, Mike, I thought this sure would have been on our um, overlap list. Yeah, I thought of that. I thought it was on my backup list. ZZ Top? Yeah. Yeah. Legs by ZZ Top. Mm hmm. Um, I have this one. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Trey. The party's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Keep the hands ringing. No hands ringing. Keep the heads ringing. Oh. Hands ringing. <laughs> all right, all right. Um. No, dude. Sorry. It's rude. Do I have to go any Meg, further? Meg's getting shut oh, out going last year. No, shit. So good. Yeah, I mean, Riri had to make my list. Mm -hmm. So let's see, one, two, that was three. This is four. <laughs> I mean, classic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my number one for the season. What's the song called? Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Uh, yeah. It's not just Rudolph. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Christmas song. All right, guys. good. I, yeah, we both did. We both did. <laughs> I don't have one. I didn't know we were going getting holiday. All right. I mean, <sighs> do you have anything left, Meg? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a couple, but I don't know how much anyone's gonna like like them. Right 
can't feel my face. <laughs> All right. Is that the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Shakira, Shakira. Pips online. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I gotta take that one out. This one I thought. <laughs> it's kind of creative. Yeah. This one. You guys are not gonna get. It's country. So this is um, the fray, right? No, no. Um, blanket. Do we know either the artist or the song name? I'll get it. Gin Blossoms. Yep. Why am I blanking on this? I know this song. I won't think of the band name, but I think I'll get the title of the song. I got it. Is the title of the song in the song? I don't know. No. I have no idea. I know the song. I just don't know the name. Iris. Oh my god. Goo Goo Dolls. It's a Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, obviously, yeah. That's a good one. I come up with yeah. Iris. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to cut this out, but my neck might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it now. Hey, thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.